Welcome to the next installment of the SUS News Podcast Series, where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your program host, Patrick Egan, and as we always do at this time, let's say hello and welcome to our uh, co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson. Hello, Patrick, and uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Choose your whatever your choice is, and uh, good to be back on the podcast again. Just like riding a unicorn, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny stuff. So, you know, again, lots of stuff going on, as always. It seems like there's a, a bunch of things happening in this industry all the time. Um, hard to really keep up with all of it. Anything catch your attention? Uh, yeah, you know, there is. There's always something going on. Uh, just uh, just notice that uh, there are some high-level positions being vacated at DJI. I thought maybe you might want to uh, uh, submit your resume for some of those, Patrick. Well, you know, um, I, you know again, the, the, the DJI, great product, great price point. Um, I think there's a little disconnect between the, the, the China – and the United States, I, I, uh, I think we're seeing what's happening here is the, the DJI is kind of solidifying their position. They hired a bunch of people from the cell phone company, Huawei or whatever. Uh, in Huawei, China, yeah. or Huawei, whatever, Hawaii, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, and uh, they, you know, so they, they kind of solidified the position. I think uh, I got to be honest with you, too. Um, I think this uh, the DJI play is also going to be one of the linchpins or anchor points or uh, whatever you want to call it for the China, Made in China 2025 program. Uh, people are, you know, I mean, uh, as far as commercial or let's say uh, civilian drones or whatever you want to call them, non-military, although... <laughs> can't really even say that, but whatever the case, uh, they pretty much locked it up, uh, good quality stuff, um, and I think that they are going to be one of the, let's say, uh, examples of, you know, Chinese quality, that stuff in China is made, it's not cheap joke, you know, it's good stuff, and that's what I think we're going to see with uh, DJI, I think it made some Huge mistakes here in the um, United States, going full frontal on the uh, on the on the presidential administration. They've had to spend a lot of money. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, they got taken out of the uh, the the NDAA, the National Defense uh, Bill. Did you see that? Mm, I missed that. Well, there was, you know, in the beginning when these bills started coming up, there was uh, DJ, I was Manson, and then Chinese, and all of that's out. So, you know, they spent a lot of money lobbying states, lobbying the feds, uh, giving away goodies. I know they had um, senators and congresspeople, uh, whatnot, calling and talking to drones as a servicio business and asking them what would it, what would happen if we uh, banned DJI, and they said we're out of business. Um, so, you know, it, it, kudos to them. I have a feeling that somebody's going to parlay that victory into a lobbying job for themselves. Big DC firm. We'll see what happens if, if that works out. But uh, that's where I see that going. I see, uh, you know, I'm seeing a sea change in uh, how business is being done or whatever coming out of China. 
I don't know if you saw all that, but that's what I see. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's kind of been the pattern that we've seen when, uh, you know, as as they go through the corporate ranks and then they exit out, and then it's uh, the the lobby firm is the one that tends to pick them up, and that bo- that goes for both the federal side and the private sector side. Yeah, and uh, you know that's another. I, maybe I said that last week, but I think that's going to happen with this RID thing. I think that's going to drop. It's going to be another uh, disaster because everything that the RID was supposed to fix, the registration was supposed to fix, and you know we got sold out. And again, DJI, but you know, in the 250 grams uh, arbitrary, you know, safety number, which was only supposed to be for registration, but it's not really the case. And the registration thing, you know, the, the uh, accountability and all the rest of that did not didn't pan out. Didn't make Precision Hawk uh, accountable for flying around for a year on an invalid beyond, beyond visual line of sight waiver. Uh, didn't do anything for the safety of the NAS, as far as I'm concerned. And then they're going to launch this RID. And uh, people are already, oh, it'll be over so many feet. It's going to be for that. And it'll do this. And you're going to um, fly over people because you know who's flying over people. Uh, and it's, you know, got hackable Wi-Fi and all the rest of that stuff. And you still don't have certification, aircraft certification for reliability. I, I, I don't. I don't get any of that. None of it makes any sense. How about you? It makes sense to you? Well, as a manned aviator, you know, I I can see where where they're headed with this thing, but it is going to make the – it's going to get rid of the the wannabes and and the people who, uh, you know, wanted to get into the drone business. But from a safety standpoint, you know, uh, they're going to push that. That uh, type certification is coming. And uh, Patrick, you mentioned it a long time ago. It's not only going to be type certification. It's going to be uh, you're going to have an A and P, an airframe and power plant license for drones as well. And uh, you know, we thought that was just the most outlandish thing ever. You know, eight years ago, nine years ago, when we heard it. But I think that is truly a possibility. Well, they're already going for type certifications. I don't know if you saw my article that I wrote this week. And uh, the thing, you know, it's the same um, visionaries and experts running down the path here. And, uh, you know, I you try and warn people, look, man, you go, you know, for this types of aircraft certification thing or the part 135 or whatever, very expensive, arduous process, Um Unless, you know, I mean, even all the stuff I'm seeing with this, uh, you know, part 135 stuff, it's it's going to still be on the, um, I don't want to call it that, I want to call it uh, uh, the animal preserve, whatever, you know, you, you, it's not going to scale. And now they're going down the TC thing. I don't think anybody gets where they're going with TC. Same, same thing with the type certification. Okay, what's it, are you going to be able to fly all over the place? Are you going to still need waivers? Okay, first question, fly all over the place. No, you're going to still need waivers. So you're going to still need to go and do, uh, you know, sweet talk the amazing Grogan over there at, uh, you know, the uh, FAA. So you're going to still need a waiver. And then the other deal with the time certification is, oh, I got drone codes on it. We're going to go over here. I don't know how they're going to certify the software. But even when you do and your aircraft, it's another thing. It's, It's like a snapshot in time, man. You you type do a type certification on an aircraft. It's kind of like the uh, the uh, Cessna 172 or something, you know. 
Um, the design really hasn't changed too much. And that's going to be the thing here. So you're going to be stuck with an aircraft that's like technology that's five years old. And what do you think the uh, DJI technology is going to be like in five years? You know, if we, no, if we keep be on. Different. Exactly. So you're going to be stuck with, you know, uh, you and Barney Rubble are going to be doing the, uh, you know, inspections with this. And it might be capable or whatever. Uh, but are you going to be able to get parts for it? Are they going to sunset the batteries? You're stuck, you know, went out of business. I, I, I just see, I see these as like, well, like holy grails. So you have to say, oh, yeah, you're going to do, oh, God, it's going to be great. You go over here and, uh, you know, Amazon's at this part of this uh, TC thing, and they have a big shakeup over there at the uh, with their personnel. It just it seems like it just takes too many years, and uh, people don't have enough VC money to hang in there to make it happen. They don't really understand what they're doing. But the people that tell them to do this, get out of the FAA, and then hang out their shingle and make big bucks on the back end, uh, trying to, you know, um, I can't think of a family-friendly analogy. <laughs> Damn it hate when that happens. But anyway, whatever. So, you know, whatever. Okay, hey, you know, great. You got your uh, type certification on your, you know, 10-year-old technology. Great. Have a nice day. Anyway, anything else catch your attention? No, I, one thing that uh, I did do today, you know, I, I go on these, these search and rescues and search. I do, you know, all sorts of missions. And, and uh, uh, my my guest took uh, our guest right now. I thought this one was pretty hilarious. But you know, I, I did do a search for a pregnant llama one time, right? So, um, uh, mama, mama, I, I actually, yes, the pregnant llama drama. And uh, so I actually got called to go see if I could find a 26 year old 70 pound tortoise that uh, our local doctor. Uh, has had for the entire 26 years. So you know, I, I had to you know I had to go do it. But uh, there there you go. I, I went and and looked for the tortoise. Uh, you yeah, know they're uh, a drone. They're actually pretty fast. Uh, you know, and then the guy tells me he's been missing for 10 days, and I was like, oh come on. <laughs> but uh, yeah. anyway, I made the attempt, and uh, uh, we, we actually used the the software, and and it worked pretty well. And uh, but uh, you know, I did about 40 or 50 acres, and and can be you know miles away. Well, he could anyway, be up in the. Choctaw Nations or something by now. That's, that's right. Yeah, but it's another milestone in my continuing career of breakthroughs and, and first. So, uh, you know, the, the first search for a 26-year-old tortoise. <laughs> he should know better than that at that age. But, hey, you know, uh, yeah. some, some people yeah. are slow learners. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Let's bring on our guest, uh, Mr. Tony Lockley. He's the CEO of Locate, which is uh, now, you know, before we bring him on, I, I want to give a little background. So, you know, I, I watched the, um, the thing you did with Gary and, uh, you know, it just uh, when you get rolling on this stuff, it just blows me away how much knowledge you got on that. You were talking about the software and what it did. And, you know, people, uh, a lot of us old timers are a little like, eh, a little leery of the software, but. Um, if you say it's good, I, I believe it. But um, 
So let's bring Tony on. Tony, could you uh, please introduce yourself to the audience? A little bio, you know, what you've been up to for the last, uh, since the tortoise has been alive, and how you got involved <laughs> with UAS. Hi, Patrick and, and Gene. Oh, yeah, my name is Tony Lockwick. Um, I, I, you made a comment just a minute ago about old folks or old age. Um, I'm 60, so I'm, one of, I'm, I'm in that generation. Um, <laughs> He's one of us. My entire exactly. (laughs) My entire career has been involved in real estate, commercial real estate, from a valuation perspective and as as a consultant. Um, I got involved in drones only tangentially when there was an article in one of the professional journals about seven years ago, where another appraiser was using drones to do inspections of commercial properties. So I thought, okay, that's a that's a unique uh, application. So I started doing some research. So I got involved in it, um, but I got involved as an investor because uh, I saw the opportunity for what drones can do uh, for the commercial real estate industry. Um, I'm not a pilot. I don't have any of those skill sets. And I I don't like flying drones. I've tried it a couple of times, and it it just doesn't. I don't have a skill set. It doesn't thrill me. Um, so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll leave that to somebody else. Um, and then uh, we, I was involved in another, another business where we were actually providing drones as a service. And we were doing fairly well the first couple of years, but then I saw the handwriting on the wall that there was a race to the bottom as far as pricing and where you're located and what kind of services that you can provide and whether it's profitable or not. And I, I said, wait a minute, there's a, there's a better um, um, application of, of my skill set and when I saw what Locate could do, I thought this is you know this is this is where things where I think the industry is going. Everybody is building um, better drones to basically to deploy the cameras. Camera manufacturers building better cameras, so everybody's collecting terabytes of very high resolution data, but nobody's actually developing um, a robust suite of applications to do the analysis. And I got involved again with Locate when there was a, there was a situation here in Wisconsin where a young man uh, threatened suicide. And one of my um, business partners was called out by the sheriff's department to actually to assist in the search and rescue operation. Um, well, long story short, um, we were unsuccessful in locating the young man after, after, after five days. Um, but then we were told by the sheriff's office that they had found they, they found his um, uh, they found his body, and they gave us the exact location. Said, "Wait a minute, we know he should be in multiple photos that we had taken because of the grid pattern we flew." Mm-hmm. After we looked at all those images, we discovered that we still could not see him from our from our from our um, from the images we had taken. So we thought there's got to be a better way to do this, and we found. Shane Michaels, who had posted some information about an application, not an application, but a program that he had written that resided in command line on his desktop that was based on identifying color pixels in digital images. So we reached out to him, we shared our data with him, and he was successful in identifying the location of of, of our, our subject in 30 minutes after analyzing 2,400 images. And it took us a total of 17 hours to 
actually transmit the data to him, but 30 minutes for him to find to actually find them. So I thought that's exactly what I'm looking for. There, here's something that gives you a tool for analyzing mega, you know, uh, terabytes of data um, accurately, consistently, um, efficiently, um, and repeatably. I got involved as an investor. Um, we presented the idea or the the, uh, the application to Gene Robinson a couple of years ago um, because you have, you have to defer to people that are experts in your field. Uh, and Gene uh, is, um, is 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 that expert for us. And so um, we've been actually building the data or building the um, the application um, suite uh, since April of 2019. So I keep keep telling myself this has only been, it's not even two years. Started the company mm-hmm. in January of 2019. Launched the website in April. Uh, we had our first provisional patent application completed in February of 2019. Got a non-provisional in December. And now as of, as of last month, we have seven applications that um, we can use for still images, video, uh, we're working on um, infrared and thermal. Uh, just, just a, we have a number of applications on, in the pipeline. So we're, we're excited about the potential for the future. Well, and this is, a, it's, you know, this is what has been needed, I think, for uh, drones, or let's say for drones to fully blossom as a technology. Anybody that's, you know, and I know Gene's talked about a lot, squinting photos or, you know, or if you're looking, you're doing ISR or whatever. Um, after looking at uh, photos, I mean, I don't photos or video for, God, even half an hour, man. You start, you know, you, you, your eyes start to glaze over and you can't. Uh, you're not as sharp as you were when you started. And like you right. just said, I mean, you're looking at a, a boatload of photos or video. Um, and, and it's hard. It's hard to catch all that stuff. So, you know, for, for a long time, we've been saying, well, really, the, the let's say, either AI or the software has just got to get better to spot these anomalies and then make, you know, recommendations to someone in concise, in a concise format that, hey, this is where you're at. Um, the other thing is, for a lot of people that maybe they're not listening, and this is something that, you know, I do um, – you know, people, oh, you know, an expert. And I go, yeah, his name's Dean Robinson because he's out in the field. Really, when you're out in the field, that's that's kind of where the, the rubber meets the road on all of this stuff because you have limited resources. Um, You've got to deal with the, the climate of whatever it is and their stress and all the rest of that. And Gene, maybe you could pick it up from there. You know, let's say the, uh, the history of, of this SAR uh, with the drones and what the locate software does. Well, I mean, there's there's no question that, uh, and Patrick, you know this. I've been looking for something like this for you know almost 15 years. Um, made a couple of attempts myself. You know, being a kind of a programmer geek, I, I tried to do it and uh, uh, failed dismally. You know, but that didn't stop me from trying. And um, uh, when these guys came up with this, I mean, when I saw the the base program, I, I just did a backflip. Uh, I said, man, this this is this is it. Uh, this is going to save lives. It's going to save me time. It's going to save me resource. I mean, I just started rattling on, and I, and and I'm sure Tony will uh, admit that I I pestered the hell out of him. I wanted to be involved. I didn't care how, when, where, why, but I wanted to be involved, and I wanted to, you know, 
contribute some way or the other. And uh, uh, I tell you, it's it's been for me, uh, you know, getting getting that pilot's license, as they say, is a, is just a, a license to learn. And uh, man, I I thought I was pretty good at, at dealing with images and stuff like that. And man, was I given a schooling on that one. Um, it's just amazing the data that we can collect using drones. It's just incredible how much is there that we take for granted or, or actually it's just ignorance. We, we just don't know. And uh, right. this tool is, is what that's about. Yeah. Well, even, uh, you know, Tony, as you said, like you had all this data that took all the time to transfer it. I mean, there, you know, there are, so we talk about what's needed in drones. Oh, you, know, you need this better software. But the, the, the other thing is, is the infrastructure doesn't really exist to transfer all this data back and forth. Uh, so I know that, that kind of, you know, uh, Gene had mentioned this, uh, I think, last week, or maybe it was during the thing, the, the hangout that you did with Gary, but you were talking about how the software would even work with the video that's coming down off of the, uh, the drone feed. So it works yeah. out in the field is, you know, I don't, I don't have to send, you know, uh, all these uh, terabytes off somewhere for analyzation. It, it, it can do it out in the field. Well, and that was one of the things that I was given a, a lesson on, you know, I've always said, you don't use video. Video is good for nothing. It's low resolution. It's, you know, really just more for situational awareness. And uh, through Locate, I've learned that, you know what, it can be used to locate individuals or whatever you're looking for, because even though it is low resolution, this software gets down to the pixel level. It doesn't care, you know, whether it's a smudge on there or not. If it matches the the color palette that you're looking for, bing, 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 it, it gives you a hit. And uh, if you wanted to, you could stop, descend, look at it, do whatever you needed to do to confirm it. But, uh, you know, e- even further, we went and started doing tests. And, you know, we typically fly a mission at about 185 to 200 feet AGL because that's kind of the, the, the sweet spot between getting coverage and getting enough resolution to be able to see anything with a 20 megapixel imager. Well, if you run the same thing with a video, we can still detect an object that's five inches in diameter. That's pretty I'm, good. I mean, yeah. I know. Yeah, well, I, I did the test on, on it. That. You uh, you said the, the, the color palette. So is this, so that's programmable? Like, you know, uh, you know, last time Jimmy was seen, he was wearing a, brown vest and, uh, you know, purple skinny jeans and whatever. I mean, so you could program that in. That's exactly right. And uh, it's, uh, you know, the the number of colors that we can put out there. And and we kind of took a typical scenario of what a person was last seen in. And and a lot of times we even have a photograph of what they were were seen in. And you can pick that color sample right off of the, the photograph and use that as your basis to build a color database to go look for this person with. Wow. And, that's, uh, that's pretty yeah, crazy. And, and it is. And, and then you can, you can expand the, the, the number of colors it includes by opening up the spectrum. You can, you can make it, you know, if it's blue, you can make it go more toward purple and, or, or, you know, you can, 
change the hue and the shade and run it again. And, and the, the, these images are being processed at uh, 120 megapixel image every 1.8 seconds. Wow, that's so pretty crazy. Suddenly, thousands of images is not that big a deal. So, and I guess that's going to also, because, you know, I was going to talk about noise. I don't know how it's going in uh, Texas and other states, but here, you know, they're deep because we have a large population that's moved out into the wilds um, and there's lots of trash. So if you weren't able to do that and kind of tune that color palette, I was going to ask about that. I mean, is it kind of, uh, does it pick up noise from, from different colored stuff or, you know, it's close or can you pretty much drill it down and, and, uh, you know, filter out the, like the noise of garbage or, I mean, how, how does that work? Is it, does that work? Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, it does. You can, um, with the, the, the color database editor. Okay. Take for example, my tortoise thing. All right. <laughs> These tortoise guys are out here. They're stomping around out in the pasture and they're getting dust all over them. And what do you think the color of the tortoise is? Well, I don't it's know, the same but... color as the dirt. Was it he wearing a blue Patagonia vest? And uh, no. no, 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 no Cabela's, no, you know. He had his Filson hat on. He's running out. Yeah, the the legs yeah, okay. just don't go over a tortoise's leg. Exactly. But, uh, so, anyway, uh, I was going to ask that. So, do you do have the dust of the or the colors from the the environment or the environs around you, and it's going to get on the tortoise? So, tell us about that. How do you drill down on that? Well, it's kind of counterintuitive, but what you actually do is you narrow the color spectrum instead of making it broader. Uh, there are, you know, a, a tortoise has patterns on his shell, right? They're kind of uh, octagonal-looking, you know, plates. And in between those, you have a distinctive brown color. So you can drill down there and get to that, that distinctive brown color and use that as your sample, and you keep the, the range of colors very, very narrow. And uh, uh, as Tony likes to laugh about this, this whole thing, I found the other three tortoises no problem. But <laughs> we got them. Oh, wait, that's not it. <laughs> yeah. How did you tell the difference? Was it like the name tag, you know, Bill, and, or it was just a size uh, thing or what? No, I, the, the owner had to tell us who who Duncan was and who the other ones were and all that good stuff. So anyway, but I mean that's how you do it. And then not not only that, uh, you can increase the. Uh, see now you're laughing. See. I know. Well, I'm just like there's all these. Did you check the uh, restroom, the men's room at the service station? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, I mean you know this tortoise thing is just kind of. Um, just kind of funny, you know. I mean, it's it, not funny, but it's just kind of different. But anyway, he, he could identify his tortoise by sight. You just found the wrong ones. Yeah, right. So it worked. But you did I mean, it I, using I the software. Yeah. Yeah. So see, I tuned it and, and got it right. And and uh, there are some other, there, there's some stuff coming up in the future. I think Tony's got a little announcement later on here. But uh, we, and I've kind of learned to let the cat out of the bag. But um there's some other stuff coming up that you don't even need to to go to that point. You just say, you know, go find blue, go find red, go find green, 
And uh, it's, it's some pretty amazing stuff. It's an adaptive algorithm. But um, what, one of the things be, that, uh, TV show on Discovery called Tortoise Man? No, no. Hey, look, you gave me so much hell over going and looking for Bigfoot that time in the Florida swamp to think it. I didn't think I'd ever get over that. So, no, we're not going to do that. You know, that stupid thing still runs. It pops up on reruns, and I have people call me and say, did you really go look for Bigfoot? Yes, yes, I did. What's, what's the name of the program? <laughs> Everybody uh, here. A, <laughs> jot it down. <laughs> okay. It's on A&E, I think, our, our history channel. It is the Florida Stink Ape. The Florida Stink Ape? Okay. Uh, and we're not talking about the governor. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, but, okay. that Now, Tony, you, you uh, have been involved with some folks that are wanting to do wildlife stuff, right? Why don't you tell them about that? Correct. Um, well, we've got a couple of um, of users that are using application using the application in ways that we hadn't thought about, um, or we thought about them, but we we, we hadn't implemented it uh, for counting various types of animal herds, whatnot. Um, so they can actually drill down, and I think at one point, the couple of people in, there, in um, Australia were actually looking at using it for counting kangaroos and whatnot. Um, um, so the, the application, if, if you think of it as um, just looking at images as data and looking at color as the distinctive part of that data, locate can be deployed. It doesn't matter what the applicate with the with the actual subject you're looking for. It could be agricultural. We got a couple of uh, right now. There's a, one of the subscribers is down in the outback in um, in Australia. They're looking for two different plants. One of them is a um, it's one of them is a um, an, an invasive species that apparently is very poisonous. And it kills all. It puts a poison into the soil and kills off all the other plants surrounding it. So mm-hmm. they're desperately trying to locate where those plants are. And the plan is, once they can identify the location, they're actually going to be bringing in helicopters and basically type kind of SEAL Team Six type of operations and have exterminators go in and take the plants out. Um, there's another plant that they're looking for that is endangered, and it only buds two weeks out of every year. And so Gene and I were actually on the, on the, on a conference call with um, um, the person heading up that operation. And he had, he was just about to go out to the outback uh, when we were giving us some final instructions on how to use locate to um, identify uh, or to, to refine the targeting to look for these plants. Cause apparently I think they're like three to five inches in length. Um, and they're very brightly colored, but it's just a portion of it that's, that's flowers. Um, and so they, and because the, um, they're pretty well scattered in a very large area that they're looking, and the cost of getting either botanists or exterminators there is fairly high, and they've got a very narrow window. Um, they're, you know, they're trying to find a tool that will accurately 
given them the best um, uh, possibility of, of locating um, their targets so that they're not wasting resources. So, um, interesting. We're, 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 we're excited. No, I'm, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're excited. Yeah, we're, we're excited to hear the results of it. I mean, he's, as I say, he's been um, about a week ago, Gene. I think he, he uh, we last spoke with him. Um, yep. he's in, they're in the outback. So, we're hoping well, that uh, things worked out well. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, uh, um, I, you know, if um, it sounds like this could be used for a myriad of different uses, um, and that's good. You know, uh, I, you know, I'm sitting here and and you know the wheels are spinning, and I'm like, Ooh, you know, hey, uh, you could probably use this to find all kinds of things in agriculture, or you know, again, counting wildlife. I mean, those are uh, the the way they count wildlife now and the estimates and all the rest of that stuff uh not uh not so good so if they could do that it'd be interesting um right. well, that's, that's interesting and then um you know maybe uh i i guess would you probably overlay onto some industrial uses too did you, did you have any uh beta users well, we, in those fields well we just had a conversation yesterday um can't give too much detail, but it is a international mining operation. And they, one site, as an example, the operator was telling us they have 3,000 people at the site. And they do blasting. Uh, this is all surface mining. So they, wow. they cover a, fair, a very large area. And, and they'll have you know, just multiple levels of, um, of, uh, of depth of the mines. So there's all kinds of activity going on. And the challenge they were having is when they have a scheduled detonation, they then have to account for all of their 3,000 employees plus any civilians that might be on site uh, to make sure that everybody's clear of the blast zone. And that process can be, you know, can be fairly you know, daunting if you you know, obviously catastrophic if you um, do it at the wrong time or someone just doesn't get the message, they lost radio signal or whatever. So what they've done is they've come up with a protocol where they'll fly the drone and collect imagery, trying to just spot whether they're going to somebody's out of place. And apparently mm-hmm. all, of the, all of the employees wear um, colored helmets, depending upon what their job function is. Sure. And then they also wear certain types of vests that, um, uh, that, that identifies what their rank is within the organization. So um, the, the, what we're going to be releasing in the next week or so is called Locate Field View, and that's where you're analyzing live video stream. So that's where we're going to try to deploy that application for these mining operations. So you can actually fly and in real time with the one second, you know, um, latency between what the drone pilot sees versus what someone in a command center would see. Um, you can run and then run locate on the date the data feed and actually look for and actually get a count. How many red hats are there? Are they where they're supposed to be? How many blue hats? Does that do those numbers square out? If they do, then you're good to, you know, good to start the blast sequence. Hmm. Uh, so uh, the, cost, the cost of operation, if they have to delay something like that, 
I forget the, the numbers he gave me were pretty staggering. It's the number of you know tons of um, of explosives that they use at any given uh, any given uh, 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 blast. It's it's huge. So oh, yeah. I, I can only imagine the cost for any kind of delays. You know, let alone well, the cost of any kind of cat, you know, catastrophe. I've got to be right. significant. And in in that type of business and other businesses uh, like this, I mean that uh, they they really there's very little tolerance uh, for accidents, uh, and so right. I'm sure that the current way that they're doing it is very costly. And imagine, I mean, mm-hmm. that'd be like uh, herding cats trying to locate three thousand people. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and people wander off and do other things, blah blah blah. So that's that's an interesting application. I you know I got to get me some of this, man. I, I got you know as you're talking, I'm like, hmm, how could I make money with this? And I, a couple of things, <laughs> uh, couple of things kind of came to mind while we we're uh, while you were talking there. I'm like, hmm, okay. So uh, yeah, we'll have to talk about that offline. But uh, yeah, we we can talk offline. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to give away my secrets before. You know, before we, I begin. We actually, we we actually started um, trying to because we we talk about drone imagery, but mm-hmm. the reality is any type of imagery that can be um, either in video, still, RGB, thermal, multispectral, hyper, whatever they all have some type of light or some kind of color spectrum to them. So exactly. Logan can be dialed in, dialed in to um, um, identify, locate, and kind of categorize whatever it is you're looking for in whatever those um, spectrums um, happen to be. And I was going to ask that question, but I, you know, pretty much for me, it was kind of a given if it's going to work with it. The drone really is a, you know, sensor carrying device. It's not mm-hmm. magical technology. And I was going to ask that question just so you could explain that. Um, but, you know, I, I figured as much. So um, and in, in the beginning, we talked about um, some other imaging uh, or, or yeah, imaging sensors that this is going to work with. And you, and you kind of talked about that. So you think you'll, you'll be able to do this with um, – Basically, any type of sensor that can variations in in uh, light spectrum. Any yeah, any type of sensor, um, and it's we we just had a um, uh, we've got a situation now we're working on um, where we're actually using satellite imagery. Ooh, because um, we've actually got a process now that we can actually take a you know, very large geotiff file and break that down into smaller uh, pieces. And use the this locates core um, algorithm to actually go through the um, um, the satellite imagery, and that came up wow. where we actually were, we we had gotten a call from um, there was a there was a gentleman that was um, went missing up in Canada, and I was I was contacted by some volunteers that were going to try to get involved in the search. And they said they had access to satellite imagery, so I said, "Okay, let's look at it." Um, so now we we um, we're investigating um, how to you know the best way to deploy that. In fact, we just had a a breakthrough, or not a breakthrough, but a milestone um, just the other day um, on another case. We we're actually able to process one terabyte 
of imagery, which is like 148,000 20 megapixel images were processed in a 12-hour 12 12 period. I can squint that for you in 20 years. Okay. <laughs> 20 years, well, yeah. 20 plus, 20 plus years, yeah. I might be blind by the by 10 yeah. years in, but uh, I could do it, man. No, uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, so, you know, and, and again, you know, the, the wheel, the squirrels running on the little wheel in my head. And, uh, you know, was anybody from the, uh, you know, military contacted uh, you guys? Have you well, been talking to anyone um, over there? We've been, we've been talking to a couple of operations in Canada. Um, uh, Casera, which is the Canadian equivalent of the Civil Air Patrol, mm. they actually re- they actually reached out to us um, probably seven eight months ago, maybe a bit longer. Uh, they had seen locate applied in a case with the uh, Royal Canadian Mounted Police, and they were impressed with what it did. And so now, what they've asked us to look into is. Um, Taking locate um, out of out of the desktop environment or laptop environment, putting it on a single board computer, combining that with a high resolution camera, and then putting that in a pod to be attached to a manned aircraft. That yeah. way, you can actually then run locate field view or in in, in real time um, while in flight. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I could, I could think of, uh, you know, just a, a whole basket of, of uh, potential uses for this. Um, and then coupled with what Gene was saying, looking for the tortoise. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we got to yeah. talk offline on this deal and you need uh, hopefully, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of different people listen to this podcast. Um, Hopefully, someone has the vision I, to, 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 you know, understand some of the capabilities, potential capabilities mm-hmm. that I can see sitting here. Because I'm now, I'm, I'm just like, yeah, I'm overwhelmed with uh, possibilities. Interesting. Um, yeah. Now we're getting down to the two-minute warning, and uh, so, and I don't want to run out at the end. So, uh, could you, at this point? Uh, give us the website address where people go and poke around uh, and, and look at the product offering. Well, the, the website is locate.life. Okay. And that's uh, L-O-C, the number eight. The number eight dot, dot life. life. Correct. I like that play on that, the locate. I like that. Is that your license plate? Did you get that yet or what? Yes, I did. <laughs> okay, good. Because <laughs> now I know where to find you. No, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a good play on uh, on words there. Yeah, this is uh, this sounds pretty amazing. And like I said, you know, Gene's been like, oh man, you got to check this out and um, whatever else. And I'm glad that we got to do uh, kind of a deep dive on this um, and, and talk about some of the applications. Because like I said, it's exactly what this industry needs to kind of take off. I need this software. And I'm not saying I want to take the expert out, but I want to, let's say, bring the billable hours of the expert down a little bit so I can afford to analyze all of this data. Does that make sense? Makes makes the expert that much more efficient, that much more accurate. But exactly. I'm not trying to steal food off the table, Gene. Thank you. I appreciate that. 
<laughs> I'm looking out for you, buddy. I always do. Um, yeah, well, the, this is great. So, um, I, and we're going to have to, you know, as some of this stuff pans out in the future, we'll have to have you back on, Tony. Talk about the, the progression that. in the field that you're making. Because, like I said, really, that's where, for me, that's really where the rubber meets the road's out in the field. So, um, we'll be looking forward to that in the future. Anything in closing, Gene? Well, I got to tell you, this has been, uh, like I said, it's been such an educational experience for me in this. And uh, I actually wanted to get Tony, I kind of think Tony's a pretty savvy investor kind of guy. And I wanted to get his take on the, uh, you know, the $82 billion drone industry. But again, that's going to have to be another show. So we'll have to work on that one. All right. Well, that's about all the time we have for today. 45 minutes goes quick. So until next time, everyone, thanks for being on and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Patrick. Thanks, Gene.